Hello, everybody, and welcome to part two of the Final Fantasy 16 spoiler cast with the Brothers Take and Last Call Gaming combined <laughs> for the epic, <laughs> epic spoiler cast. And of it's course, Brothers you... Take and the Brothers Craig. Hey! <laughs> and you know what that means, guys? It's a spoiler cast. We don't need to explain that anymore. It's spoilers. For Final Fantasy 16, one of the biggest games of the summer. Now that the summer is over, it's a good time to be talking about it. Hopefully you've all definitely finished your playthrough this game. It's a long game, but you've had plenty of time. It's a good time to talk about this epic story. And if you've missed part one of our spoiler cast, then go check out that first. It'll be linked down in the description. But go check out part one first, because that's the part where we talk about all of the dominance and the icons and their arcs in the story, and the role they play in the story, which are some of the main key characters. But right now, we're going to be moving on to part two, where we will be discussing Ultima, we'll be discussing some of the other allies and supporting characters of the game, the overall story of the game, how we felt about the game. And there's a question that I want to ask at the end of this episode, which is, what is now each of our favorite Final Fantasy games? Oh, but we'll save that to the end and we would love to hear from you guys so if you guys watch youtube make sure to jump down in the comments at any point share your thoughts if you enjoyed this discussion give us a thumbs up hit subscribe ring the notification bell and if you're listening on audio platforms make sure you get in touch on the various social media platforms where you want to get in touch with last call gaming or where you want to get in touch with the brothers take both are linked in the description down below check out the link trees and all that jazz but without further ado let's talk ultima so we got to start with the big boy let's start with him we mentioned him a couple of times in part one because he's too pivotal to the story not to bring him up the dominance exists because of this character eric i want to come to you first only because you have said on the brothers take podcast without saying it out loud because you were trying to keep it a secret because we weren't spoiling it but you have basically said, I knew exactly what you meant, that Ultima is your favorite character in this game. Yes. So and no, in a weird way. Right. Like so clarify now that you can. Yeah. Okay. So he what an iconic design for me. Right? That there's no other Final Fantasy villain that looks like Ultima, and especially not as alien as Ultima. Like we've we've had aliens with with Genova, and Sin is quite an alien design. But this is this character just comes on and just commands this presence, and the way he talks, you're like, oh damn, this guy means business. And his eyes are so fucking cool. I love his eyes. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And as he just progresses through the story, you see, you're so fat. I just found I was so fascinated by him. I was like, really want to get to know. What's his deal? Like, what's where does he come from? What's he wanting? What's his connection? And then, as the story progresses, I start to go, "Oh, never mind. You actually made this <laughs> way too complicated for anyone to grasp." And ultimately, okay. starts to slightly fall off by the end. But his initial everything was so cool, and his like kind of mind fucking and stuff. And as we mentioned, is like his like constant turning into different people to manipulate Barnabas, like using. Barnabas's mother to manipulate him. I don't know why he turned into Kupka in that right. same sequence. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's Kupka all very. It's very about that. In bed. <laughs> it's <laughs> a very weird. <laughs> I don't know it's, why he did it, but it's a bit odd. <laughs> now that you mention it, yeah, okay. 
I also but... forgot about that. <laughs> but he um he just he was so impactful and so interesting. He was really cool. And then I just think by the end of it he kind of loses his potency. Um potency. Oh, that was a good oh, that's a good Thank word. you. I, I have a dictionary beside me. Slid in there. Uh Craig, what did you think of Ultima, uh, the villain of Final Fantasy 16. I, I, a, I love the name. I love the Ultima because again, this is kind of an homage to all the other Final Fantasies and its accumulation of bringing in all the summons and th- throwing in names like Sid. So the fact that the name of the ultimate villain was Ultima, I already, I already like that. And I agree with you, Eric. The look of him, it, whatever it is, it was, was awesome. Um, the voice again was compelling. I love because it, mm. it talks in a majestic and, and it's almost acts like it's it, a, a know all be all, but at the same time, it talks very almost kind of juvenile and doesn't know why you're doing certain things. It doesn't get the concept of like, oh, why would you do why aren't you doing right. this? You know, what it doesn't I mean? understand so way, feelings nearly. Yeah, so yeah, it, it was, it's a really cool concept, but again, like you were saying, is that it gets a little it gets a little much where when you look at every other villain in this there's a clear cut purpose for every mm. motivation that they have you know why this person wants to do this except for maybe barnabas because obviously he's tied to ultima but when you start looking at, at what he's trying to do and essentially just eradicate the world because this crystal curse is happening or the blight and i think that's if i'm not mistaken is that something that they escaped cuz ultima like you were saying made all the icons and they escaped from their world and brought magic with them. I just, I wasn't sure exactly what the end goal was to, to kill everybody, to enslave everybody. But I mean, I'm sure we'll dive more into it in a second, but as far as Ultima on paper goes, first look, first glance, and the overall agenda of what he was trying to accomplish. um, I thought it was cool. My biggest thing is that I wouldn't put, I don't think I'd put Ultima in a top five final fantasy villains of all time. I think at the end, towards the end of the game, um, and we kind of talked about this in part one, is that he comes, he becomes a little generic. He becomes a little like, mm. oh, I've seen this before. I've seen mm. villains do this before. And you're not doing it in a way that's innovative or or creative, or at least in a way that stand out like a Sephiroth is. You know, when Sephiroth does his plan and involves this higher power, it is one of a kind. And that is Sephiroth, where Ultima, as cool as he looks, at the end of the day, it looks, I mean, is bland, I think, compared to a lot of people like Kefka, like Sephiroth. So um, I don't know if it, if it executed 100% for me as, as a great villain, but mm-hmm. for the story and what it's trying to do with this whole mythos combination and what the background with the magic corruption is, it, it serves its purpose. Yeah, I I really like Ultima as a villain. I, can't, I like and dislike him, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, me too. I think we all do, right? right? I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think... Like, when he first comes in, I was really intrigued by this character, right? And uh, actually, something I want to touch on that you said, Craig, the name Ultima is... I both love and dislike that, (laughs) right? I love it for exactly the reasons you said. It plays right into the history of Final Fantasy, right? The only reason I don't like it is because now this character, who is the main, like, villain of this game is kind of a Final Fantasy reference rather than its own character. You know, like, if you say Sephiroth, there's one Sephiroth, and that's it. There's Uh, no one else called Sephiroth. Whereas when you say Ultimate, to a Final Fantasy VI player, it's the boss that you fight on the floating continent. You know? Uh, It's suddenly not the main villain of Final Fantasy XVI. So that's the only thing I don't... But it's also a really cool, like, 
godly like name which is what this character is uh design wise i love them his voice is amazing yeah. who's like who's the voice actor I, I did look it up before is his name harry lloyd or something like that um i, can't I tried pulling it up but i don't see it i can look it up real quick while you yeah i i thought his voice was like really cool throughout like it was really you could tell it was very inhumane and very sort of emotionless and matter of fact and I think it worked for this kind. I don't always like those kind of villains. Harry Lloyd, yeah, you're right. Harry Lloyd, yeah. yeah. I knew because I'd looked it up before. I thought he did and, a great job. And Mitsuru Miyamoto in Japanese. In Japanese, which I suppose is nice. the original voice actor. Oh, no, this time around, they did the English first, didn't they? I believe they did, yeah. I think they yeah. did all the, the voice yeah. capture for English, and then they went Japanese, yeah. which is, like, really unheard of. Yeah, mm. it's rare. It's super interesting. Um, But I think, I think the problem I have with the character... I kind of wish he wasn't God. <laughs> I kind of, because I was really intrigued by, I was like, who is this guy? What is his goal? Where does he come from? And what is his obsession now with Clive? And like, I was really into that storyline. I really wanted to know who this character was. That's why I wanted to find Joshua. I wanted to know, what do you know about Ultima? What was that dimension he came from? What does he know? All that stuff. And we we did the when we were doing our spoiler cast for Final Fantasy 7 Remake, right, a friend of ours, Brian Roberts, came on and he said something that has stuck with me ever since. And he said, in every Final Fantasy, they all end the same. You fight God at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you fight God at the end, I was like, well, on, God damn it, Brian, you're right. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it, you fight God at the end. And it's, it's I suppose it's just... um. It's just kind of predictable, right? It gets to a point where it's like, okay, well, if Ultima hadn't been the creator god who is evil and malevolent and was something else and there was some other backstory, that would have been more surprising. But the fact that it's like, I created you was like the big twist. I was like, well, I saw that coming, actually. Like I saw, I with all the murals that we saw everywhere and the way your name keeps coming up and all this kind of stuff and how you look and the way you talk. And it was kind of clear to me that you were a god being um and i i would have i think i would have preferred if you weren't but maybe that would have taken the power away from the character i don't know yeah it's weird that every time that I, I like that he makes that thing you always fight god but it's always these things where it's like when you're when you're playing it's like it's like an anime at some point it's like when you're playing this level of high-powered characters right. you're not gonna then the boss can't be the sheriff at the end of the town it's got to be something that's, that's yeah you have epic. to escalate and then and then when you're dealing with, especially that when, I mean, the whole the whole thing that makes Final Fantasy XVI a beauty when you do these battles are these icon battles, right? These huge, big kaiju-type battles. And what else would explain that than besides some some sort of, like, divine being? And it's just weird, though, because I know he makes, it's, I was kind of trying to read up on Ultima, that he's, all the icons are all part of his kin. So, but they've already escaped a world that's already been corrupted and destroyed. So, really, how godlike can they be outside of just transferring planes of existence? Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I see that he's godlike and he's powerful, but um, I don't know. I didn't really take it away that he was he was on that level. He was just this new being that showed that. Yeah, I guess it's kind of you're right. He's, he's showing this kind of I did the Adam and Eve stuff. I've started the magic. So it's just very right. it's a very predictable type archetype of a villain yeah i i there's an element of as well where it, it feels a little bit like like when you play okay you play final fantasy 10 the most interesting villain in that game i would say is maester seymour 
because he's a guy who's really living in the world who wants to obtain this horrific power for horrible like reasons like he's a really messed up character now the actual main villain is Yui Evan Yui Evan is not as interesting as Maester Seymour <laughs> you know <laughs> Yui Evan is not as human is not as flawed is not it's just this like godly being that you got to fight at the end and so this game, by the end of it, when you realize what Ultima is, it just kind of feels like you, Yevon, got more lines in the game. But I kind of want, I was kind of hoping that it was going to be more like a, a Maester Seymour situation, but like post the transformation. Like at one point, Ultima was human or something. And something happened to this guy and he became this thing. I was kind of waiting for that kind of a backstory where it's like thousands of years ago, there was some dude who became Ultima. Yeah, almost like Apocalypse in X-Men. You know, I was once upon mm. a time a regular person. Right. I'm the first mutant. I am now, I have now ascended beyond regular yeah. mortals. That yeah. would have been way, there's a yeah, there's a hundred different ways you could have done this than, than just kind of code him as a generic divine uh, being here. Yeah, yeah. They, they could have done a thing actually where because he's so alien looking and if they wanted to disconnect him from all the people, they could have actually had him to be an alien, and that the blight was actually their way of terraforming the world into something that they could breathe on. Oh, that would have been cool. I, I, I still, like, yeah, I would have liked that. Hey, I, I yeah. seconds to come up with so many things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's so many ways it could have gone, but I did take it that. Um, but he is an alien, right? His species, He's from another plane of existence. So, I mean, yeah, if you want to count like, that alien, sure. Like, and they, they were the magic that they had brought forth the blight and it killed mm. their world so they moved to another world and they had magic there and the blight's following them and they realize that so they're going to kind of keep doing this so i don't think they explain that very well but in a sense by killing ultima and then in the end of course getting rid of all magic um they have stopped that cycle of because i feel like countless worlds would have died in this continuous cycle of moving from one world to the next to just live a little bit longer and the blight following. Maybe I picked yeah. that up wrong, but I don't know. Well, I'm just looking at it in terms of like, what's what was the plan then? If, if they've already left one, if, he, if Ultima and his kin are the icons and they're in Egg World X and the magic's come and it's corrupted, the blight's been there and now they've left, they've brought that back with them and the blight's coming. What I don't, maybe I missed that. What really is his plan then? He He's, because his whole thing at the end, he's like, I'm going to enslave everybody. So it's like, okay, but eventually it's still going to wipe everything out. Like, are you? Is, was the plan to jump again? Or was this the final that's, resting place? That's the impression I got. But maybe I picked it up totally wrong. I think there's many many ways you could pick it up. E Eric, what, like, did you have a different he, reading on what his plan was? Or uh, I didn't realize he came, they came from a different world. Because he keeps referring <laughs> to it as a land. So I thought he was just from... Like essentially, Bar uh, up, like that's he, came, he came from up the road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> eight uh, miles back that way. <laughs> that's where I picked up. I thought okay, he was from okay. like Barnabas's continent. All right, and that continent got wrecked, and then they just moved to this continent. And well, it's, then it's just that he implied that he created humankind. True. Yes. So I, no, they, so I they, just felt they like did. With, with that long process of like thousands of years, I assumed he didn't come from up the road, like. Yeah, maybe he didn't actually. Maybe I just like completely <laughs> misinterpreted that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um but his his plan, I think, was to drain all the magic and all the life from everybody into the crystals 
So let the blight win. But because they made the crystals to absorb ether, which yeah. is the life force of everything, yeah, he was then going to use that with then mythos or mythos, whatever way you pronounce his name, with all the powers of the icons, use all that magic and ether to then replenish the world. It was sort of the oh maybe, yeah, maybe? See, I, I had a totally different reading on this because I, I I really thought he was like training mythos up to be his like Noah's Ark. Like I, I, this is that's going to be my new body that I can live yeah, in. Yeah, okay, that's what I was and, thinking too. I thought leave. he was trying to get this body, this vessel that he can now be pure in, or something like that. Yeah, well, maybe. I don't, I don't know. know man. This, this, there's a lot of confusion around <laughs> Ultima because even like uh, as we brought up in part one, Joshua encases Ultima in his like in his heart, right? And it's like yeah, killing him, and it's a really cool story. But Ultima is also still out there doing shit as like Olivier and hallucinating in front of Barnabas and still. F- Shown up and to fight you and stuff while he's in Joshua. So mm. what is Joshua actually holding on to? Or does it just make Ultima weaker? Or does it? I I, well, I, yeah, I have so I, many questions about Ultima. It was a cool. It was a cool scene when um when he goes to trap him that first time when he when they all collapse in that cave or whatever and Joshua's walking out and he's like and he casts that spell on him. He's like, oh, you think this is gonna hold me? And he was like, oh, this isn't blah 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 fire. This is holy fire or whatever and, yeah, and he brings them in there i was like oh that's really cool he's keeping them from trying to manipulate uh clive but at the end it just seemed like he's like okay i'll be dormant for a while but when i need to get out i'll get out so it, like was it really even a prison or was because what i think happened is ultimately yeah. realized that now that they're back together he's like oh this might do more for my side than what clive thinks it's going to do for him so maybe this is worth letting play out for the time being right yeah yeah yeah, I, maybe, but he's yeah. It's just a weird sequence because he he tries to take Clive in that sequence when they're in that cave, right? But then Tread the game says, "I can't take you because you're not ready." So I was like, "Okay, so what were you what were you trying to do at the start?" He does absorb him and put it, Joshua puts him in his chest. Yeah, but it doesn't do anything because he's, he's still out still, there doing shit. He's still out there doing shit. So it's a yeah. bit sort of like they were. They wrote something and then they decided to go. Oh wait, we still want him to be in it, so they started writing other stuff. And his, him as a character, and yeah. his plot. Considered we were just not one of us knew what the fuck he wanted to do with. Anything. Right, we all had a slightly <laughs> different reading on what he was doing. Right. Yeah, just yeah. ends up like like he. That's why I end up not really liking Ultimate because he just becomes far too complicated and convoluted. Yeah, but I feel like someone out there has a good reading on this character. Like, I feel like well, someone will be able to tell us. No, yeah. not just. I feel like like <laughs> somebody read they read his Wikipedia page. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like someone who has played this game will actually be able to tell us exactly what the plan was, mm. and that I don't know. We just didn't pick up on it enough. Like someone has played this game four times and they know it in and out yeah. or something, you know. Um, but I also like I thought I knew where this was going to go. So like the whole game starts with. Uh, Clive being forced to fight Joshua and kill him, right? But he's, of course, still alive. When Joshua took Ultima into him, and it is hurting him over time, and it's killing him over time, I really thought, I was like, oh, man, Joshua, by the end of this, is going to be taken over by Ultima. That's that's what I thought. And the end of the game will mirror the start of the game, only this time it's Joshua who's, like, taken over, and you will still have to kill your brother. The one thing you don't want to do, only it'll have a different context this time. And you won't want to do it, but this time it will be final. And like, okay, at the end, Joshua did die. But I don't really know why. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I mean, he was still suffering from the curse blight. I mean, right. he was still, I mean, him, Sid, Jill starting to get it. The only one that seemed to be immune to it was Clive himself. So all these other guys were still slowly dying from the curse. So, I mean, yeah. he was sick to begin with, hmm. but I mean, I'm sure putting uh, Ultima inside of him didn't do him any favors. So is that why Ultima wanted Clive? Because he's yeah, because Clive is the only one that's been, that he's immune to immunity. the blight. Yeah, but so, and so, Ultima... so now this body can live in any plane of existence, whether there's blight or not. You know what I mean? So they left, as far as I can tell, they left that world because that would destroy the gods themselves. It already wiped out humanity, but it's yeah. also going to destroy the gods. So once they moved and they found out that we can make this being, or because I'm not sure how the mythos came into production, but now that it's there, he's trying to make it his main vessel. And now right. he can he's he's free of the blight. I kind of like the idea that the only reason humans exist is as part of a experiment, right? I, I like that yeah, idea cool anyway in stories, right? <laughs> really cool. Because it, then it becomes a thing of the people have made their own like they've created meaning in their own lives, but it absolutely contradicts the purpose for which they're made. You know? So like their purpose is self-created because like Ultima who made them doesn't give a shit if Martha opens up and in and looks after people for her whole life, you know, which is on the ground level, a very noble thing to do. But in the grand scheme of things, like for him, it doesn't, doesn't matter at all. Cause he's like, well, you're just a byproduct of this big experiment, which is to hopefully create mythos. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's the only yeah, reason yeah. people exist. And that was kind of what Barnabas was saying. Once he kind of understood the, the goal of what Ultima's trying to do, he's like, all oh, this stuff doesn't matter. You got to stop applying yourself to this day-to-day -day mortal life stuff. Because yeah. at the end of the day, the mission is to do this this angelic mm -hmm. calling that Ultima is asking of us. And and yeah. then at the end, when he has that excellent line, he's like, no, you're you're not understanding. We have choice. We don't. And again, it goes back to I mean, if you want to get like I said in the part one, I'm like, it's very religious and biblical at this point because it gets back to that point of man's free will. He's like, we don't mm -hmm. need to do anything that this guy made us, whether he made us or not we don't need to follow what he wants us to do. And it's, and that's kind of where the, the spitfire goes from between Clive and obviously ultimate at that point. He's just like, no, I'm not doing that. With that in mind, I had a thought when I got towards the end of the game, because they were bringing up choice an awful lot. Right. And the whole, like Very. the Akashic thing is obviously you take all choice and free will away from people and they just turn into like this sort of feral form. Right. Do you guys think that this game would have benefited from having choices? As in, like, choice dialogue and choice, like, like Mass Effect style? I, I was going to say, on what scale? Because the, unless there's a Paragon Renegade aspect, like a Mass Effect, yep. I hate when games give you just two lines of dialogue, but it goes nowhere. It's still the same outcome. Sure. So, like, it, it would have had to have drastically have impacted the, the game. But at that point, you can't do it when it's a single narrative linear path that, you know, there is no alternate ending. So yep. whether or not you want to help somebody out in a side quest, we can get to those later. I yeah. don't know if dialogue really would have made an influential change or made it better or worse for the for the player to, to play it, at but least in if, my opinion. But what if they did do the Paragon Renegade thing? And even to the point where, like, you know, at the end of the game, Clive decides to do away with all magic. What if that's that was, what I'm saying. That's, what that's if that the was only a choice? Way it would make, yeah, that's the only way it would make yeah. sense. When, when you start doing Paragon and Renegade paths, then there has to be an alternate ending. Right. Because if the ending is always the same and it's just a different coin flip of how you got there, then I don't like that those type of dialogue options. But if there is an mm. alternate ending of going, I side with Ultima one way, I don't with the other, then that could have been really cool. But at that point, is that a Final Fantasy true ending? You know, there's never really been a, a split decision at the end of a game. Oh, for sure, yeah. And it, it definitely would have um, divided audiences 
But I feel like they, the, the, but the game has anyway, and so you know, <laughs> yeah, well, what, what's one more? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what, why, why not? Like, go all. It, I mean, it would be a very RPG thing to do, right? Um, I don't know. Like, Eric, what do you think? Would that have um, taken it far, like, too far away from Final Fantasy? Or I think it's already in its gameplay, quite far away from Final Fantasy in its gameplay, not sure. within its its world or its story. Um. But that could have actually been really interesting is because you're you're helping all these people, right? You get their flowers or you're 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 finding some old guy who got lost in the woods or something. And there's not really an impact whether you do or don't. Other than I think there's a couple of characters that have like kind of a storyline mm-hmm. and then there's one particular character. Yeah, well, and, and like and items, experience, gold. Yeah, that you know, stuff. So but then if my, you my actually things. But if you actually help them and maybe that sort of create like a positive impact on the world. So even just by helping people, Martha's in starts to develop and more people start to look after the, maybe the branded and bearers because you're helping. So it's creating that sort of paragon concept. But then if you're not helping people, it creates a negative. Martha in is fi- falling into dilapidation. Uh, bears and brandeds, you'll find right. them hanging from trees or something because you're not doing your bit maybe could have been really interesting or even yeah. if you um if there's certain choices you make that I mean, we talked about sid's daughter in part one but like mm. there's choices that you would have made whether good or bad that started causing more people of significance to die or not die you know what i mean like yeah. that would have yeah. been yeah, yeah, yeah. something extremely cool. interesting if i'm going you know we'll talk about like torgal and stuff like that but maybe something impacted him or impacted sid's mid or something like that like mm. that would have been completely yeah, it's interesting it's, as well. It only occurred to me only because it's not like going in. I was like, oh, I hope there's choices in this game. Absolutely not. Like, <laughs> I I don't expect that in Final Fantasy. Like, outside of like choosing your strategies and stuff. But it's when it got towards the end, and basically, Clive was making the the point that what's great about humans is the choices we make, and Ultima's whole thing was I want to take choice away. I was like, man. I feel like I should have been given choices <laughs> to like really <laughs> I, hammer I that you. to really hammer that point home. But um the you mentioned the branded. Um it's something that we didn't talk about all that much in part one other than like say the treatment of Jill and stuff, but like what what did you guys think of like the way the branded were treated throughout the game and the the role they play in the story? Uh, they remind me a lot of uh, the non-humans from The Witcher. The world very reminded me of The Witcher okay. when playing it. Um, and they also reminded me of elves from Dragon Age. Oh, nice. oh and, like and mages. Good, good. Elves yeah. and mages in, in okay. math. Because like, I think mages are pretty much shackled. They're put into what's known as circles. So you're, you're essentially... Um, like given like a badge or a search or something to say you are a mage, a mage, but you're part of this and you have to be a part of this. And if you're not a part of it, you're known as an apostate and you're hunted down because you're seen as a threat. Okay. So it's very like that, and I quite like that because in Final Fantasy now I haven't played all of them, so correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe there are others, but in the Final Fantasy I have played, magic is just an everyday way of life everyone just kind of uses it and that's sort of it no one really sees a problem with it so it's the first time seeing a final fantasy where there's a negative thing to using magic okay cue up everyone who's going to correct you on that and they're going to name it all the games where that's not true (laughs) (laughs) but no i i I hear you (laughs) 
Yeah, I, 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 they reminded me of, um, uh, I, I was reminded of X-Men quite a lot. I mentioned that in part one as well, but, um, th the idea of like, they could absolutely take everyone else on if they really wanted to. Um, but for whatever reason, they've decided not to. And the fact that out of fear, they've been treated as like the other, you know, um, I thought it made for lots of interesting themes, you know, and even just like, there's a cool little side quest even like it's well it's horrible but you, you come across a child who uses branded as playthings and um, oh dude that was gnarly you know I mean? dark, yeah. it's dark as fuck and, <laughs> and but to her, because she doesn't see them as human like they're they're just things they're there are tools for us to use and even like the way they're used in the workforce and like i just thought the them wanting to live a normal life like that's super relatable um so i th I thought they were made for really really interesting characters and interesting themes in the story well i also want to know what's the ratio because you know right. obviously we're, we're thinking like oh yeah they could overthrow them but like when you look at those armies those armies are are big and bad and powerful so like and and again we're thinking clive type magic users we're thinking jill type magic users not everybody can do massive fireballs and electricity you know what i mean so yeah, true. the magic aspect some of it was just day-to-day -day living some of those people like at the end of the game when you're um when you see those two kids playing and they're playing um i think they're playing clive and whoever else or they're playing sid i want to be sid some of their magic is just using fire to start an oven you know what i mean so they're not all battle yeah. combatant ready so mm -hmm. even though you have magic and it might be corrupting it that i mean that is why they're shunned they're not they're not battle mages by any means. So if the army really did want to come in and kick the shit out of them, I, yeah. I doubt it. I don't think it would be that hard. So that's a, re I think no, that's, that's a why really that's good slavery. point. Yeah. yeah. That's well, a and really then also, point. cause then Clive, cause the branded, right. You get branded and that's the sign that, you know, magic. Is that what that was? Yeah. Yeah. That, like you, you can naturally conjure magic without using. And then at the end, there was just tattoos that could remove it. Or there was how many people were at the hideout that just had, cause at the end, cause Clive's scars are, or his tattoos are all gone. Yeah, so there are right. ways to get rid of it if you are trying to live underground or in a society so that, that's not showing that you were technically a branded. They wrote something really interesting about that because I, I was like, well, if you can do that, why hasn't everyone done that? Yeah, right? and you can't tell that somebody's got scars that go from their forehead to their chin <laughs> and across their nose. It's like, there, what was that? Oh, I fell. I hit a door. There's <laughs> a surgeon. It's like one of the side quests. And there's a surgeon who's about to perform an operation on a new recruit to remove the brand right which they've done before but actually they make note that plenty of people who are branded have died from that operation oh okay there's I like i did that there's like a poison in it that if you try mess with it it actually releases and kills the person and so cool. they have found like a, a particular surgical way of removing it but it's really risky and 50 percent of the time they fuck it up and it, and it actually kills the person Right. So is it worth the risk right so that's the thing so there was the surgeon was basically saying i don't want to do the operation right and the whole point was the other person was like but i want to have the operation and it's not your choice i'm willing to take the risk and the surgeon's like but i don't want the your blood on my hands and the person's like yeah but if you don't do it if i try it and i'm not trained i'll definitely die yeah good is dead anyway. you know so hmm. it became a really interesting like uh debate in term, like, really an, like an ethical like when is an operation not okay or you know that yeah kind of you can dive and you can explore that in a hundred other ways but yeah that's interesting for sure so so that i think that's why not everyone has gotten rid of it like it's it's so it's not a simple thing to remove basically
Well, and it depends on where you live too. Because if you look at um, where are they from, Rosaria or something like that. Yeah. When you look, yeah. when you put Clive's when Clive's dad was running that area, they weren't treated bad. You know what I mean? These guys aren't getting the right. shit beat out of them. I mean, there's that one scene in the beginning when you're a kid and that guy drops the apple, and he's yeah, like, yeah. "Pick up the apple, get back in line." And Clive's just like, "Calm down, like no big deal." You know, you're a good right. guy, and the guy kind of looks back at you, and you you kind of see this image of going, "Well, if this is how the best of them are treated, then yeah. I don't even want to know how the worst of them are treated." Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, that's the kind of as well, I suppose, because Clive's father was a very kind and warm. Yeah, he was like a Ned Stark. He them, was right? just yeah. like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm kind. I'm just. I'm fair. And that sickened his wife. <laughs> who I just want to talk about briefly now before we move on. Right, Clive's yeah, yeah, yeah. mother, who I think is one of the most vile characters in Final Fantasy. She's not the kind of like. I mean, I always knew it was like, well, you're not going to be fighting her at any point, right? But she's the kind of evil that, like, exists. She's not like a magic demigod, super mage, super experiment, soldier character. You know what I mean? She's none of those things. She Annabella. is... Annabella. I had to look up her name. Yeah. I mean, that's... Annabella, that's right. She is just a manipulative, evil person who believes wholeheartedly that her worldview is correct. Well, yeah, she's that They're type of person people. who... Everything she does is technically legally correct. Right. But in the just, world she lives, yeah. Yeah, but she just manipulates it that way where you're just like, oh, you are awful and I want to throw a spear at you. But you can't because she's actually, what she's doing is fine. But she's just the yeah, worst. Within, its, yeah. within the means. I just don't understand how this chick who's clearly rotten is mm. ends up becoming... Uh, Elwyn's wife, who ends up becoming the wife of Dion. Like, what is she saying? Unless, unless she's bomb in bed, I don't get what's happening. <laughs> that she's that she that she's climbing the social hierarchy of, of giving these people prince as kids, is and then she's just fucking useless. Right? And like, like, what are you doing? Why are you worth anything? Well, I, I am. I'm really curious about the um, like, like, okay. It seems like with the king of Sandbreck. Uh, which is like Dion's father. It seems like Ultima had a hand to play in that. There was a bit of manipulation going on there because he was obviously Olivier. Messing with all, uh, right? uh, like, Oliver or whatever. Yeah. So mm. like he had something to do with all of that. And I feel like Annabelle, Annabella? Annabelle. Anna Bomb in the bed? She, Annabelle, ass pussy. I feel like she, she was uh, inadvertently serving ultimate like she had no idea. she's not like a barnabas where she knows she is but like the things that she wants in life are the things that ultimate wants right she, she doesn't even realize it so she, but i am curious as to how her and elwin ever got together like at one point was That's she nice blows my mind, he's or like so just yeah or oh, was I... it was it an arranged marriage at one point that might have been it because i know she right? was like you know we we are part of royalty we got to keep the line going and She's again because i always forget elwin's that. not yeah elwin's not a king by any means he's just like he's like the he's a duke or something right yeah he's like the duke of that of that place duke. so <laughs> yeah so <laughs> uh, she may yeah i think you're right maybe it was a, a arranged marriage and that's to keep two royal or noble bloodlines together and then she just lost her shit when clive wasn't the you know the, the, the uh right the, the first the, inheritance the firstborn let her down and she yeah I, she just couldn't handle it she treated like a piece of shit yeah i think that's what i think she probably wasn't 
that bad, at least not on the surface. I think she she played her role well. She understood what her role was. Um, but I call almost like Marjorie. Now, Marjorie's not as bad as 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 Annabelle, but Marjorie in Game of Thrones knew her role. She knew what she was supposed to be and supposed to do, so she played that role. And it is manipulating people. So I think she was like that. And then when Clive essentially let her down, the ugly side side started the show, and then her and Elwyn became much more distant and more yeah. distant. And then she probably yeah, he... then so, started like, to conspire time, with Sam Breck. Yeah, yeah it's so, almost like he, that, that disappointment was the catalyst that kind of started her down this other path of... Yeah, sure. and then she probably sure. thought to herself, the, the Emperor of Sam Breck, he gets it. He knows what's up, and he knows that I'll provide him... Because, I mean, look at me, I'm so gorgeous, and, <laughs> like, I'll provide him with a, with a king or whatever, an heir, and, and it'll be good. And again, yeah. though, and then we go back because we talked about Dion in the last episode. Like the king supersedes uh, Dion with Oliver, mm, and it's yeah. and again one again these what other things scene. of just going yeah. Of, and I'm sure that's behind the scenes. Like if we were watching a show out of this, like a Game of Thrones of it, you would have seen Annabella manipulating the king mm, to be 100%. like Oliver is should be the heir and all these things. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I agree with you on that. Did you watch Midnight Mass? Midnight Mass. No, I don't think I really no, I, I recommend it. It's very good. There's a character in that, and Annabella reminds me of that character. Oh, oh. she is the worst. <laughs> she, you she just you off. you will hate her instantly. But the actress is amazing. Like, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a great a, character. But... Yet again, she's doing that type of thing where nothing she's really saying or doing or implying is really like illegal. But you also know you're up to shit, but I can't prove it. And you're just manipulating her. Oh, she's awful. It's yeah. amazing. So you guys, what's it on Netflix or something? Netflix, Netflix yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, All right, just one season. Just one season, show, so it's, it's not good. a. Uh, but yeah, she reminds me of that kind of character, and she's one of my favorite characters in the game because mm. I hate her, but because she's done so well. Like I, I think she's a well-written, complicated, twisted character, and it's not, it's not often that you do that with the mother. Yeah, like, well, because without her, without her, none of these plot lines happen. You know what I mean? Not right, only she's a Clive's huge story catalyst happen, in the story. But now yeah. Dion's story doesn't progress further in that direction. Yeah, yeah, she's, like, huge. And the fact that she takes her own life. Dude, that was wild. It robs you, though, of finally, like, bringing her to justice in some way. You know, there's, mm. like, it, it's like there's no closure on well, where do you think Joshua landed on that at the end? Sorry? Where do you think Joshua landed on that at the end? Because he didn't see the way Clive saw it. You no, like, I mean? he, like, he didn't get to see the way Dion saw it. So, but Joshua was her favorite once upon a time. Do you think he ever had remorse for her? Or see, did he still this just is love why, her? This is what I mean by you don't get closure, right? I, yeah. There's three characters there who have a different wanting outcome there. Dion wants to kill this woman, right? Clive, I think, wants to like imprison her and, and like have her suffer for what she's done or like go through, like, maybe go through the correct channels but it's like but you have done bad things and you need to be punished joshua i think wants to redeem her none of them get their wish because <laughs> she takes it away from them in an instant you know it's ah it's gripping like it's a really gripping mm. scene but yeah, I, well that's a good point though because i wanted to point out too earlier this final fantasy 16 is not like any other final fantasy in terms of how like rated r graphic um yeah. there's suicide you're pointing out that there's suicide in the very beginning of this game there's people that just get their heads chopped off i mean this was a very brutal guttural game compared to any of the other ones and one of the things i i was pointing out on i think our show was the reason i think one of the they don't do a cast of characters in the battle and it's just clive by himself 
with a group is that there are, there are no Phoenix downs. You know what I mean? If someone dies in this game, it's a legit death unless you're the Phoenix. So mm. I think they didn't want to take any of that stuff away with um, having That's a really cast of characters point. that fall down, Phoenix down. Cause there are no Phoenix downs. There's only one Phoenix and he gets the down. So, and when your game, <laughs> when you die and, you, and the, ga- the game's over. So I yeah. think that might be a reason. Cause the more I was watching all these battles, especially when she kills herself, I'm like, dude, people are dead in this game and they, and they stay gone. Yeah, no, for real. Yeah, that's a really good point about the Phoenix Downs thing. I didn't even think about that as to why that would factor into, like, the world. Because, I mean, Final Fantasy games, the game mechanics are often part of the story, you know? Materia isn't just a thing. It's also in the story, you know? So that's a really, really good point. Um, You mentioned why there's no, like, party members. But there is a party member. Right, right, but 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 they don't get right? hit with. They don't have a life bar. Oh yeah, yeah. No, oh, no, no, you want, I, see, I, I just, no, yeah, yeah. just want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. want to talk <laughs> about the the goodest boy. You know, I just want to. <laughs> I just want to gush about Torgal for a second. It was kind of your only actual party member in that you can give him some commands, and he does in some way like he can heal you or cure you and stuff like that. But what do you guys think of Torgal the Hound as your loyal companion throughout the game? Uh, Eric, I'd love to hear your thoughts uh he i mean he's he's the bestest boy like it's not that about it like he's the bestest boy i do think there should have been a party and that like torgo was an option that you could sure. have him or not have him i do wish that uh but he at first i was doing that i was using that thing where um the others was like sort of artifacts or something that was kind of yeah, like the auto command that stuff yeah so i was doing that so like he was just fucking ripping into people but um it sort of was taking up a slot and i think chris you told me that torkel kind of does that himself anyway sort of oh yeah he, Tor- like, torkel works away in battle you know you don't need yeah to... so i didn't know that so when i took that off then he was still doing it. i was like he is the bestest boy look at him he's, he's, he's the best like <laughs> this is awesome and then because building up to the battle of rosaria where mm. kupka's laying waste to it then there's a bit jill is captured she's about to be beheaded and at this point as well, I think, Chris, you were asking me about Le- where is Leviathan and all this. And then Torgo runs out and fucking transforms in this icon. Second, I thought, is Torgo Leviathan? Because that would have been <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That'll make it everybody an icon these days. Yeah, I was like, that would have been great. But uh, no, I think he was Fenrir. And I was like, oh, that's another cool fucking reference to a summon from Final Fantasy is to make him Fenrir. He's, yeah, some we- he's then, he's... He's Shiva Slipnir, essentially. But I actually thought for a brief moment until Harpocrates explained it, but I was like, holy shit, is Torgal a dominant? Is he, is, and is Fenrir an icon? Like, is mm. that where they're going with this? And was the dog a dominant all this time? No one knew. But uh, yeah, what a, what a surprise. Like, <laughs> I thought it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Craig, what did you think of Torgal? And of course, Fenrir. Uh, Torval is is hands down the mascot of the game, and I think a lot of Final Fantasies you can point out to every game that there's a type of mascot. Torval is Final mm-hmm. Fantasy 16's mascot, um, easily hands down the best side character. He, even he's, I mean, we'll get the side missions in a bit, but like everything involving him was awesome. And then because at first when he turns, I don't know what they even call it. Obviously, he turns into Fenrir, but I don't know. Um, there's the guy that runs all the books in the back of the hideout. Yeah, um, he explains the story of why Fenrir and Shiva were all connected, and I thought that was awesome. My biggest, my biggest tear is, well, whose dog is he more? Is he Shiva's dog, or is he Clive's dog? Because right. I can see where there'd be a split between who has the ownership of, or even Josh's, because isn't he Josh's wolf in the beginning of the game? Mm, so it yeah. kind of seemed like Torgal was kind of shared between all of them, which is fine. 
you know, Torgo has no master. No, but as Torgo's far as free combat, yeah, I was using the um, auto commands for a while because I didn't know you could not put it on. And because I was so tired of, of using the buttons, and there were so many times where I'd, I would forget that I wasn't switched to Torgle or my character would be using potions instead yeah. of using Torgle's commands. So I left it on there for the rest of it. But uh, yeah, I think he's easily the staple of if you had to make a party, he's always the number two. Yeah, yeah, for okay. sure. And I like what you said about like he's the mascot of the game. Like when I think of, like Final Fantasy Nine, and you go, well, it's Vivi, right? Like when you think of Final yeah, Fantasy Nine, you sure. think of Vivi. And uh, with this one, yeah, the iconic all... black mage look, right? Yeah, yeah. right. And Torgal, and like it's really cool because I was like, has there ever like has there ever been a? I guess you could point to Red Thirteen, but Red Thirteen is actually a, a, a you know a sentient being. Like there, or you could do people, you could do right? uh, Mont Blanc from like. Final Fantasy Tactics, the Koopo. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, the yeah, Moogle. Yeah. You could do Mont yeah. Blanc as, as, a, as a mascot, I guess. But I, I was wondering, like, had they ever done, an like, looking. a dog before as, like, an actual yeah. party member? Now, I've been playing Final Fantasy VI recently, and there's a character in that called Shadow who has a dog as his companion. The dog's called Interceptor. And oh, the ninja, like, right? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I was like, but it's so much cooler that... Torgal feels like much more of a character by being a standalone. It's it's he's not attached to any one person. And like you said, like it's like is he Clive's? Is he Josh's? Is he Jill's? No, he's Torgal. He's his own character. Yeah. And uh, obviously he can't speak, but we learn an awful lot about the character even though he can't speak. And I'm so glad uh, because going in, I was like, oh man, they're gonna kill the dog. That's what they do in these things. Like <laughs> we've already seen, this is a brutal world. I'm so glad they didn't. This is John because... Wick all over again. Yeah, <laughs> only because it would have been predictable, right? Like, it, it would have sucked and it would have, you know, been sad. But it also it would been like, well, I expect that they're going to kill the dog because that's what's going to make me most sad. Hmm. I like that they didn't. I like that Torgal makes it true. Well, he's and it was cool because he was almost kind of like an unofficial white mage for you. Like, if you if you do yeah. need healing, yep. I mean, that was one of the coolest things. Not only was he a constant fighter, you could get yourself to heal. So, like, a lot of times when you would stun an enemy, like, in a in a fight, that's what I would be like, all right, heal, 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 heal while I'm smashing uh, the enemy. So, like, he was a good way to get your health back without utilizing your low amount of potions in the beginning. And then eventually, I think you get up to eight if you do all the side missions. But he was yeah, a good way right, to keep yeah. your health in check, especially if you're going to be playing, like, New Game Plus and on the harder modes. Like, he's very, he's very important. I did think when they mentioned that he came from up north, I thought that that was going to be, like, a doorway to traveling north to see a whole new region. DLC. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it could be DLC. But it, it was one gripe with the game I have is that because I like the globe trotting adventures of Final Fantasies. Fifteen did this as well, where you're kind of you're in two regions of a world, but you don't see the world as a whole. Mm. So in this game, like I, the maps and the locations look amazing, but I do find that like you know you're in, whether you're either in grasslands or you're in the desert, and that's it. And it's like oh, I would have liked like a snowy terrain in there as well, maybe and. You know, just to see more of the world that they're re referencing. Right, yeah, right. which is clearly where Torgal's from. The yeah, Fenrir, exactly. The Fenrir character. Yeah, but um, but Torgal is one of many supporting characters in this game. There are many supporting characters throughout the game. Mm -hmm. but we're not going to talk about all of them. They all have various different arcs and things. But maybe just a shout out to some of the ones that really stood out to you guys. Um, Eric, any supporting characters that you want to shout out in particular? Um, 
I actually really liked the uh, the doctor, the nurse uh, character. I can't remember oh. her name, but she's the one. Yeah, I know, right? It's a dog one, but yeah, she's the yeah. one who is the expert on taking away the um the scar. Correct. Yeah, and I actually really, I really quite liked her, and almost wanted her to play maybe slightly more of a role in it. Yeah, because she, but she plays nearly as much of the role as that that other chap that sort of runs the ship, runs the hideout. Oh, Otto. Otto, yeah, she yeah. plays as much of a role as him, but I kind of thought she was. More I thought your favorite. I thought your favorite side character was the blacksmith, Eric. I thought you. No, <laughs> I, I. He. He. No, actually, the blacksmith's <laughs> fine. The blacksmith's fine. <laughs> it's his fucking friend who kept bringing shit to him and making the guy upset. I yeah. wanted to throw that guy off the goddamn side of this hideout. Like, yeah, what was that stop? guy's name? I can't. He was like, his was name like, was Dickhead. <laughs> we have like, we've just, we've just got Smitty happy again, or whatever his name. What was his name again? What's the blacksmith's name? Uh, uh Blackthorn. 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 Yeah. That's yeah. Right. So the guy was like, like we just got Blackthorn happy again. It's like, hey, I showed him this amazing sword. Don't he'll never be able to make something like this. He's depressed all of a sudden. I don't know why. <laughs> He's not he showing. Can't do this. Stop showing him <laughs> shit. <laughs> He's a fragile man. <laughs> so annoyed. Yeah, um, that, that became kind of a reoccurring side quest, didn't it? It's like, you uh, need to make Blackthorn it, happy again. Yeah, it was like four or five times. It was yeah. like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Karen was fine. Sure. Her design was interesting, but just got to a point where I was like, come on, be a bit nice. You actually have customers here. Her Why name is Karen. A... I know. That's the joke, right? <laughs> yeah. At least I, I thought that was the joke. Oh, that she's caring about you? She, no, no, that she's she's a Karen. So she she's you know she's the kind Give that wants to talk time. to your manager. She gives out all the time. She's you know I thought that was the um, joke. I don't know. I liked Harpocrates. Harpocrates is really interesting. I love Harpocrates. He, he's the guy. He's the guy that holds all the books, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's the one that gives you the story and the leveling up with the little like with the li- eight bit. Yeah, yeah. Loved it. I loved it. It's great. One of my one of my favorite things was just going to him. And you know who he reminded me of? He reminded me of. Um, the dude from Final Fantasy X, who kind of looks like uh, like Saint Patrick, <laughs> who walks around and and gives you the history of the different parts of. Uh, I think you first meet him on like the Meehan Road or something like that, and he like gives you the history of Spira. This guy sounded like him, and I just mm. he was it was cozy. I just wanted to sit down and I was like, Harpocrates, tell me the history of this world. I will listen to you forever. That's how he was yeah, great. He was, he was he was pretty cool. Hmm. I found actually Quinton got way more interesting as time went on. He was the leader of um Lost Ship. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The barkeep. His story got very interesting later on. I didn't like oh, the other I'm two. I can't remember who that is. The barkeep from where? Uh the place is called Lost Ship. He has the most generic, bland, forgettable appearance is it in lost- the entire is it, game. Is it Lost Wing? Lost Wing, sorry, Lost Wing. Just yeah, location Lost Wing, and he he's over the inn there, but uh, as it turns out, there's like he he crossed some judges, judges or something like that. Yeah, and he was. Yeah, there was people coming to oh, hunt cool. him down, and yeah, it, it was pretty cool. I, I don't remember. I don't really remember him. Uh, but um, I mean, to be honest, the best supporting character, you know, outside of Torgal has to be Gav. What are you about? That was the main man. Come on, like, my, Gav, man, my man, Gav. Blame man, whatever. <laughs> I just well, you're talking about the guy that loses his eye, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Who out of nowhere just happens to be the most stealthiest person that's ever existed ever in the world. He and is, I don't get why. <laughs> he is your party member without being on your party. Like he's, he's great. I don't know. I oh, loved yeah. him. He was cool. I mean, he was. I, I just felt like 
his character went from being like hostile against Clive to like almost being like infatuated with Clive. There was moments where I just thought the way they sure. were talking to each other, I was like, okay, now you guys are like best friends. But uh, he was he was really cool. I, I was hoping he didn't die though. I was I definitely didn't want that to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's a real natural thing that he becomes the leader of the hiders. Like if that felt like, yes, it shouldn't be Otto. And he should have been Sid. Yeah, I feel like yes. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's what I'm saying. What what earlier, part yeah. one, it should have been Sid. The yeah, title should have remained as whoever's the leader. Yeah, Gav should have became Sid, and that, I feel like that's what Sid would have wanted. You know, mm. <laughs> as in OG Sid before yeah. he passed, because Gav was really like his kind of left hand man. You know. Um, yeah. So yeah. I really. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, sorry. No, sorry. No, work quite. Right. Oh. I had three characters written down, and I, I I'd be hate if we didn't bring up Ambrosia, popping back up into the story. His choke. Oh yeah, of course. becomes sure. the steed. I mm. was so excited because I started doing those quests. Because, and we'll, again, we'll get into side quests. But I love how there was a difference between, you know, a symbol that said here, here's a quest, versus ones that were kind of like important that you should mm. do to like move to get more potions or things like that. And when you started doing the chocobo one, I was like, dude. This is going in a cool way. I'm going to get a chocobo. I'm going to get a. I'm going to get a steed, and then it becomes Ambrosia, who you think dies in the battle yeah, right, between right. Uh, Ifrit and Phoenix in the very beginning, because she she knocks him out of the way, right, and takes like a rock to the head, yeah, or something like that, and it gets and knocks out, and then when you get Ambrosia again, who's like the leader of this flock now of chocobos, I was like, dude, this is gangster. So I was so I remember <laughs> pausing it and telling my girlfriend, I was like, I'm like, look, Ambrosia's back. She's like, who the fuck is that? I'm like, it's a chocobo. Like, you. <laughs> and you will respect her. <laughs> she has a name. And uh, I, I, when Ambrosia came back, I was absolutely um, excited. I was like, cool, because because in the in the trailer, you know, you're gonna get a chocobo to ride on. Yeah, for sure. I didn't know it was your dead steed when you were fucking no, and, you know, thirteen. Yeah. And that she has an eye patch now, you know, like <laughs> yeah, dude, right where she, yeah, right where she got clocked. Like this is the, you know, like we were saying earlier, this game is obviously very, it's more mature, it's it's grittier, it's kind of darker for a Final Fantasy, and like very dark, yeah, yeah. Of course, you get this heavy metal ass chocobo, you know, who's got like an eye patch and a scar and white feathers and leads a gang of chocobos in the yeah, wild. Yeah, came fighting from monsters royalty. And... Now runs the now runs the the, the, the robs the caravans. Yeah, it, for it's food. A, she's like a, she's a Robin Hood of chocobos. Like she's fucking unreal. <laughs> what? Do you remember what they called her? Something else. She had a nickname that they called her before oh, you call yeah. her Ambrosia. It was oh, like the white the, the white, white something. The white something. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I was trying, that was trying to throw you off. Like, oh, it's the white da da da. But it's like, and he looks at her. Oh, it's Ambrosia. I was like, dude, that is. That's how you do it. That's amazing. I can't remember the, other, the nickname. What are the other two characters you were going to shout out? Oh, were in my mind kind of the new Wedge and Biggs, which was Tyler and Wade. It's you right. that run with you in the very beginning. Shouldn't then, they have been Biggs and Wedge though? That dude, I the moment it started and they were there, I'm like, why isn't this Wedge and Biggs? Out of all the out of all the nostalgia throwback yes. things you're gonna do from every Final Fantasy, why isn't this Wedge and Biggs? And it would have been perfect. I, I, it would have been it would have been perfect but i but... do like the characters like i, I yeah they I were both agree. cool they were, the they were right they were right and die i forget which one lives and which one died is it wade that lives wade, wade lives, lives. And, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, then he ends up founding the uh the guardians of the flame or something like that mm. in, in, in the name of the phoenix <laughs> i was like dude this is because when you're going so into cool. that cemetery or whatever it is and you're about to get robbed and you're beating the shit out of the guys wade recognizes you when you shoot the magic and i was like oh this is gonna be somebody then he hops down and you're like dude Wade's still running around, so and then he becomes you know a new ally that you have to go help. So I don't know. I thought those two 
plus ambrosia were three that stood out to me yeah for sure the great cards yeah yeah i I also yeah it should have been biggs and wedge like yeah that was a missed opportunity opportunity. for sure (laughs) uh, yeah i think this is the first one in a long time there has not been a biggs and wedge and why i don't like why why yeah. so strange no, yeah. especially when you make two characters yeah it yeah. can easily be wedge and biggs yeah yeah yeah. it's like it's right there it's right there like and it wouldn't change the characters at all like no, at all no like, keep them the same like but um you mentioned craig the side quests and that we'd get to them i think now is a good time actually i think now is a good time start talking about some of the side quests um there's a lot there's a lot of side quests in the game well can i, can I ask you a question first yeah do you think there's too many because a yes. lot doesn't necessarily mean bad, you know, depending on how you look at it. A lot is just a lot, but is is a lot egregious? It sounds I, like Eric says yes. <laughs> Eric says yes. I don't think so, right? Because you don't have to do them. However, I think there are too many main quests that feel like side quests. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I like that. Like, there is huge chunks of the game. Like, the bit where you have to go collect piles of sand is a main quest. And I'm like, I really want to get to the next icon battle. And I'm running around doing like the... Wasting 15 minutes. Yeah, like I'm really doing menial tasks here. Which, which, if it was optional, fair enough. Because then I've decided to do it. But I actually have to do it to progress. So I would say like... Because I mean, you don't have to do every side quest, you know. And then later on, there's side quests that I feel are pivotal. That should be main quests which is like the character stuff like finding yeah. a torgal's backstory or uh, you know clive and joshua go to get the sword of their father and that kind of stuff so i i just thought it was weird what they decided was a side quest and what they decided was a main quest in some areas but i don't necessarily yeah. think there's too many side quests what did you think yourself um i well what threw me off is in the very beginning there's a point in the game where I think I think time elapses or the hideout falls, something like that. Because I was under the impression, and, and like you can later in the game, you can go back and do all the side quests. There's a certain point in the beginning of the game where if you miss the side quest, you can't because time goes by. Yeah, and those side years, quests right? are now. And there wasn't a point that said, at least I don't think there was. It said, make sure you go do everything because something's gonna happen. All it said was like, you can't come back here at the moment. So I hated the fact that I missed a few side quests. Right. And once that happened. I was like, you know what? That I'm not invested in doing all the side quests because now I can't do all the side quests. But I get as you. Far as, as far as being too many, um, to each their own. I mean, I thought there was it was fine because again, if you want to spend more time in this world and keep leveling up and go do all the hunts and on the side do that, there was enough for everybody. But I, I agree with you 100 that it seemed like they didn't know how to blend what a side quest and a main quest were, and there was yeah. this weird lap between the two that were like, why am I doing this instead of that? But um but like i was saying earlier i love that there was quests that that had a different symbol above them that was like you don't have to do this but if you don't you're missing out on something so like the the plus was helpful yeah so like when you started getting more potions and you started getting more more items back i'm like oh that's kind of cool it's not thrown in with all of them and it's not a main quest it is missable but it's letting you know hey this is something that you should probably check out which i thought was kind of cool yeah i do i appreciate that and i appreciate how easily signposted the quests were you know like you, you knew exactly when there was side quests available it's up to you if you want to tackle them or not eric you felt like there was too many Do you i mean want just to the, go just, just the blacksmith alone had five i was like come <laughs> on right and right. 
like so when you're doing side quests for 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 Jill or Joshua, uh, Ambrosia and Torgo, like that's fine. Like doing side quests for people is fine. But like Quinton had like six just for him. Uh the lady of the 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 brothel, she had like four or five just for and then you had like the the other guy in Dalamil in, he also had like four or five. If you don't really find these characters interesting and you're a completionist, which I kind of was for this game. I was on my phone so often. Oh, dude, no, 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 I call those podcast quests. Yeah, they're just <laughs> they're talking. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I, I know sure. that obviously I'm gonna have to either go off and kill something, or I'm gonna have to pick up some flowers, or I'm whatever the hell it is. So I did think, considering all those characters had so many quests, and then there was also other people that had quests. And nearly everyone in this game had a quest. Then it amounted to too much, especially when it got to the point where Ultima summoned Primo Genesis. There was a Kashik everywhere. Or when he turned an entire city into a giant floating crystal and you still have 20 side quests. The 20 more side quests now pop up. <laughs> it was a weird time to put them in. I, do- I think that the balance between the side quests and the main quests mm. hurts the overall pacing of the game. Because I think... Like, we've gushed about the characters and, like, the big, amazing points. But I think that in the latter half of the game, the pacing is really hurt. Because you could go two hours before you see one of those amazing icon battles. And you're just going... And you think you're about to do it, and then they introduce a whole new character who starts giving you other stuff to do that you have to do first. And you have to go find a key to open a gate, but a kid robbed the key. And you got to go find the kid who robbed the key, but the kid was getting trouble with bandits. And now you got to go find yeah, the bandits. a lot of backtracking. And, like, and you're like, man, I just... Like, I really just want to get to that next town. Because I know that in the next town, something's going to happen. But you're stopping me from moving on. So, yeah, there's a weird... There's a weird balance between the side quests, I think. But, like, did you guys have, like, a favorite side quest? Was there any that stood out in particular? Uh, well, the one, I mean, the main one that, that stands out to me is when you go make the ultimate weapon with the, the blacksmith. It has, like, a weird name. It's, like, Garden like, Doden or something. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Gutterdang or something like that. Gutterdang! <laughs> like, that one, <laughs> that one was cool. And anything with Torgo, I thought, was awesome. Anything that, anything that felt like I was progressing in the lives of the people I cared mm. about were the cool ones. Anything that was outside of, like, I mean, I don't know if you want to dive into, like, the hunts, if you count those as side quests. But like they're definitely the hunts, mentioned, yeah. The the hunts to me were were awesome. I thought there was a a lot of them. Yeah, there was a, there was quite a bit of. I I'd argue that I felt there was more hunts than there were than there were quests that I didn't want to do. But uh, yeah, anything that has to do with um, the blacksmith sword was cool, and Torgo were probably my two favorite ones. Where I'm like, I wasn't listening to a podcast. I was I was I wasn't skipping dialogue. I wanted to see how their stories unfolded. Hmm. Yeah. What about you, Eric? Well, speaking of the hunts, actually, that's another character to to, to give a shout out to is the, is the Moogle. Hey. He was awesome. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I really awesome. liked him. Dude, the fact that you were the only one that could speak to him and they never explained why, outside <laughs> yeah. that you were the, I guess, the mythos. It's like, why, yeah. why can you, why are you the only one that could talk to this thing? And the Moogle would tell you lies, like he'd hint at you having like, a certain backstory, and then when you go really, and he's like, no. <laughs> 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 no, no, I just made that up. Like, <laughs> like you never learn anything about that Moogle, or if there's no. more Moogles in the world, or anything. It's I, I like the character; he's cool. Uh, yeah, but, he um, was way cool. Favorite yeah. quest. Uh, again, I liked. I, I did not like Quinton, and then just when I found out he was a judge and all that other stuff, I was like, oh, actually, this guy is quite interesting. I wanted to listen to him more. Um, 
I, I don't know off the top of my head what a favorite side quest was. Hold there on was one actually. The one. There was one that was actually quite interesting, which was given to you by those, you know, those um, scholars that work for the Phoenix. Yeah. They give you one to go find one of their guys who's yeah. in a town in Walud, and you go there, and all the people in Walud are like praying to be made a Kashik. Yes. I thought that was a it's really, a really interesting fucked up quest. Yeah, I thought it was a really interesting quest. Um, the one I cared about the least was the guy in Dalamil Inn. Oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know the guy. I, I was that. He's like, um, he's sort, he's like a merchant down there. Um, but it turns out that he is one of the. He's been hiding that he's, he's got magic all along, and they don't know that. And then they find out, and they want to like exile him from the town. And like big townspeople that gathers are throwing rocks at him and stuff. And then, like, there's these two kids who, like, love him. Who, like, run up to say, please leave him alone. And they end up hitting one of the kids and everything. Oh, like, yeah. See, I didn't do all the side quests. I think right. I missed a couple there, of there, Like, there is some, especially towards the end, there is some really good stuff. But it's in the wrong place. So, it's mm. like, like, I could talk about how positive the quests are. But then you're also like, yeah, but also the world's about to end. So, none of this matters. Like, this yeah. Is and like... this the problem is that a lot of these people, they're finishing up their quests when essentially you have meteor coming down, you know, when essentially it's like, yeah. like Unicron is about to devour the entire world. Like it's just, it's completely the, it's like, it's it, sh- not it just the should time. have been a bit earlier in the game. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was, there was one that, that I remember. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I remembered it. I don't remember if it was my favorite quest, but I remember when I beat it, it the quest was called cock and ball. <laughs> you guys remember doing that one? What's that one? I, it, it's, um, it's, I'm trying to remember exactly what you had to do. I think you, because you had to do a couple different quests. It says, upon completing the home sweet home main quest in Final Fantasy 16 and beginning the Gathering Storm, Clyde will gain access uh, to a new side quest in the new improved hideaway. The side quest is entitled Cock and Ball, and it can be started after <laughs> Clive interacts with the reading table in his chambers and reads Gav's letter. So I forget what you're trying to do, and I remember beating it, and I'm like, dude, that is. And I'm like, wait, because it's spelled C-A-U-L-K, like cock for like yeah. making stuff, and then ball, yeah, yeah, B-A-W-L. Yeah. But I remember reading it, and I did, I lost it. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's so funny. That's going down as, I can't believe they got away with that. Their quest is called cock and ball. So that's my, that's my new favorite quest. But there's like, there's like loads of times in the game where Gav made me laugh out loud. Like Gav's voice actor is so fucking funny. Yeah. Just the way he says things. He reminded me of, there's a, there's an English comedian called John Richardson. Um, and he has the exact same accent. And I was like, <laughs> I even looked up at one point, did he voice act him? He doesn't. But I was like, in my head, I was like, it, it could be. <laughs> like, as he it is could just, be brothers. It, it is just so funny. Uh, in terms of favorite side quest for me, I think uh, I, I think I enjoyed the hunt so much. And I think there, there's one hunt in particular where you have to fight this massive dragon. I can't remember the name of it. It's one of the hard. Yeah, because I did beat all the hunts. So I know what you're talking about. Right? Yeah. I just thought that that fight alone was just an epic boss fight. That was. Dude, a lot of people were cool. saying if you go into that thing like underpowered, it was it was the dragon and there was the chimera, I think. And some yeah. of them are like, if you're underpowered, they're just as hard as like fighting a main boss. Oh god, mm-hmm. you yeah. Know what I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was that was just such a great fight, and I wasn't expecting that much spectacle from a hunt. Um, like the other hunts were good, they're fun, but the I I feel like that one had more flair to it. So like. That one really stands out to me as like an optional thing that I'm glad I did it. Like, I, is that I, the one by the water when you come into that alcove and 
Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like on this beach type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. You're, okay, it's, I know exactly. What you're he about, he yeah. just lights up the whole place like it's yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Did you ever um, die from any hunts? Yeah, I died first time fighting him. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that was a and tough it, one. There was definitely one or two others, but not him. But the the, the chocobo that just rained oh, yeah, 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 yeah. down on top of you. <laughs> that guy. That guy fucked God. you up. Well, I told you guys in part one that I, I died in the very first hunt because I forget it was like when you first get oh, the goblin hunts. Yeah, it says it, dude. I don't know what movie did, but he did something. And it just popped me, and I was like, "But there's no way they're this hard." And then I went back and walked them. But yeah, yeah. I got the hunts because Andrew was talking to me because uh, he doesn't have a PS5, so like he likes to mm-hmm. like when I'm playing God of War or Horizon, he likes to keep tabs on like like how is it going, what what are you doing in it? And he mm-hmm. goes, he's like, I know this one's some people compare it to like FF12 a little bit. He's like, but are there are there hunts in it? And at the time, because I forget when the hour kicks in, like what hour mark kicks in for the hunts. It's fairly early. I'd say it's in the mm-hmm. first like act or two. And I finally got it. I'm like, yeah, there are hunts in this game. And I, I didn't think there, there was going to be that many, and there were. So yeah, if so anyone's many. interested in hunts, yeah, this game has them, and there's plenty of them. And I like that. I don't know if you guys looked up how to find them, but like, it's kind of vague on where they are. It gives you kind of mm. like these points of going, oh, it's kind of by this and kind of by that. You got to yeah. go find it. It reminded so it me cool, of... It was cool that, yeah, it wasn't like on your map with an X. It reminded me of like those treasure hunts in like Ghost of Tsushima where you're yeah. getting a vague idea of the location. You have to literally hunt it down. Yeah, go it, it is it. pretty cool. I have to admit, I, I was a bit bold and looked up guides now and again. Oh, I, I, looked, I looked up the shit out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, Daddy ain't wasting his time on, on, on going to look for hunts, baby. I was just when like, I, nope. When I got towards the end, I was like, I just, okay, now I just want to like rack them up and let's go. But yeah. well, because you also want all the points because there's the guy in the hideout, the more points you have, you can, he'll give you those items for sure. So I'm mm. like, well, the only way to get a, a, a bunch of them is to knock out all the hunts because they give you like a thousand, two thousand. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to waste my time doing it. But if you want to, it's fun to kind of go explore. But also, there was some that just had question marks. So I was like, well, I, I can't even I can't even guess where you are, so I gotta look up at you. <laughs> yeah, like Sparrow was question marks, and I think another like one of the fallen mech giant mech things was just question marks, so I had to look sure. them up. And then there was one which was um I think it was a Chimera, I think, or some other creep. No, it wasn't Chimera, it was some other Manticore. There was a Manticore. Oh, it just yeah, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just said Dalmechian Desert. And I was like, there is three of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna ask you guys too, how did you like the um because we didn't really dive into that? How did you like the kind of robotic um sentient beings that were kind of meshed oh, in yeah. the fantasy world because once you brought up that that hunt yeah there was a couple of hunts that were like and again you have to do this with clive and you meet like the robot kind of things How, yeah. did you like that blend in with the enemies compared to all the other kind of traditional medieval fantasy type characters um i thought they i like it, it kind of took me out for a minute i well i knew that there was the fallen from looking at all the different like promo stuff building up to it so I was, I liked them. I was interested in them. I liked that lore of the um, the giant crater with the water falling into it, where there was oh, a crystal there. Oh yeah, and yeah. Like the the war with the you fallen. Know how many people and... took, you know how many people took pictures? Oh, by God, that ev- everyone. <laughs> it was like I, I going to like Niagara yeah. Falls or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> and then it kind of just later on got like like Ultima convoluted, where it was like, okay, so Ultima made humans. And then they advanced into the fallen, and then there was a war, and then they became primitive again. I doc- yeah. I'm confused with where the fallen fall into it. So then mm-hmm. it got a little bit like, I don't think the fallen were actually necessary because it didn't play that much of a role. Yeah, I did. I did think they were going to the play world. more of a role into the story uh, than they do. 
Um, I like the. I mean, idea. they were cool to fight for sure. Yeah, they're cool mm. to fight. I like the idea. I, I'm actually like a sucker for things like that that you're not nearly expecting. Like it's medieval, and then all of a sudden you open a door and there's robots. You're like, what? Like it kind of. But I didn't love the design of them, to tell the truth. Um, but I, I kind of worked with the aesthetics of like the ancient temples and stuff like like. like at least they I had love the, I love the architecture. To stay true, but oh, the architecture is yeah. amazing. Mm. Well, I, mean, I liked I liked the big ones, all the all the bigger ones that you fought. Mm. It was yeah. just it was kind of the cannon fodder, small ones that were just kind of like bland to me. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. Um, we were talking there about like the side quests, and some of them are good, some of them are bad. But obviously, the the it's the main quest really that is the highlight of the story, really. Um, and I'd love to ask you guys what you thought about the ending of the game we're getting to that point now um not just how clive ends it but then also there is an actual <laughs> epilogue to the story that is the ending ending and people have a different read on that scene and i'd love to hear what you guys think about it as well. so just first of all uh that clive decides to eradicate magic from the world hmm. what do you guys think of that well, I don't care for it. Oh, I'll let you go first. Sorry, uh, just that that's where it was heading, wasn't it? That's kind of they told you that's that you know, that's essentially we got to destroy the one ring, and by the end of it, they destroy the one ring. So you're like, okay, right, that's grand. Yeah, I suppose with the whole let's destroy the crystals thing because the magic that they produce is actually it sucks, right? Everyone's living a bad life, and we'd be better off without it. It kind of does suggest that his end goal is, yeah, we'd all be better off without magic. Hmm. Yeah, what were you yeah, saying? Yeah, and right? I looked at it as I well. And again, we can talk about the epilogue too, but it's like destroy what made magic corrupt. You don't need to get rid of magic per se. Sure. Like, if you're if you're able to get rid of this thing and handle these things in a certain way, then I don't see a reason why. Because magic magic is what made their world their world, right? Everyone right. magic is what they've been based on. The fact that now the crystals are gone means that there's nothing to pull and and siphon the energy from the world to destroy it. So if these are gone and there's a way to keep magic, I just I, I would never want to live in a world without it if it was already in it, especially when the majority of people are, are good people that were using it for like everyday use. And at the end, when we see when they're starting the fire in the kitchen, you know what I mean? It's little things like that. It's like, yeah, magic is extremely useful. But is that, is that where you want to end it for this until we move on about how the magic ended? Well, it's just, it's, it's so interesting that like he, because he essentially becomes God at the end, right? Clive does. He like replaces Ultima and now it's his decision right, what to like do ascends. with the world, right? He ascends to that point. And he decides, well, let's do away with magic. But it, it, I think you're hitting on something interesting where, because his whole thing was like, we should be able to choose how we want to live, right? We should be able to live on our own terms and die on our own terms. That becomes like the big theme of the story. But he makes that choice for everyone without, you know, giving anyone a choice. <laughs> he, yeah. takes, he takes magic away from everyone. It's very now, tyrannical of him. In a way, like, because, okay, <laughs> maybe it is for the greater good. Maybe they're better off without it. And maybe it means that the Blight will never come back because it feeds on magic. So that, that solves that problem. Mm. Um, uh, power forces like Ultima can never come back. You know, wars with magic can never be fought. But at the same time, you bring up a good point, Craig, of like, this is how people live, though. Like, they actually use this as their way of being. But as the epilogue shows, they just light fires the old-fashioned way. So there is a way of living without it, and they seem to. But... Yeah. The question is, and see, some people have different readings on that scene. Is that epilogue hundreds of years into the future where the characters of the story have become myths and legends to them? 
or was the whole game not real? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't think I've heard was of that the part. whole. I I was listening to like I can't even remember where I heard it, but I was listening to another podcast where they were like, because it shows the book as well, written by Joshua, right? Yeah, actually, not fuck. I forgot about the book. Yeah, it is. They so, do kind of make it like a like a tall tale. There was someone making it out there, and then they're like, "Oh, I'm Clive. I'm Joshua," and they're fighting. Yeah. And uh, especially when Joshua showed no interest or no 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 reason to be documenting his tales, it was never like he was a bard right. and he right. was trying to be like, "I need to make sure that the history never forgets about this." But well, nowhere like, is just this book written by fucking Joshua. And, and Joshua died, right? So he didn't write that book, or did yeah, he? Interesting. Right. Well, maybe so, there's a Sid, and now there's a Joshua. So some one reading of this, it's not what I I don't buy it myself, but I just wanted to throw it out there to see what you guys think. But one reading of it was that the entire story of the game is this fable that these kids were reading, and that it none of it really happened. I mean, I don't hate it. I wouldn't. I don't like it. But I mean, it's, right. it's the game's called Final Fantasy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> i'm under no illusions day, i know it's not real <laughs> at the end of, no, no, i mean in terms of like it's a fantasy at the end of the day if the final fantasy is is this epic old tale that was told and then you just play it i mean it kind of has, has its own coolness but i don't know i i, I don't like that at all but i i'm right. not I'm, I'm not opposed to it that sure. theory because i'm sure it's a theory at this point yeah right yeah no it's, yeah it's absolutely not like what right, anyone has actually it. said is like what happened but eric what do you think i think they if if that was the case the best thing to have done would have been to hint at it kind of like in the witcher tree game um dandelion or yaskir if you watch the show um narrates some of the parts of the stories right, right? so you have these moments where it's just like animated drawing and you have an old dandelion narrating it so if you had that where Josh was narrating it, then it's like, here you have the book, and it's like, ah, there you go. It was yeah. a story, maybe. But, yeah, I don't really like it, because if because it comes out of nowhere, that's almost like the, and it was all a dream, you know, sure, kind yeah, of thing, yeah. where it's like, it doesn't work. And also, if that was the case, God, Joshua would sum up his own hole to make himself the icon of fire, <laughs> <laughs> and he was able to trap Phoenix and trap Ultima and live forever. But I, I prefer the idea that, yeah, he just sort of documented it. But if he was documented, they should have shown that too. Yeah. Well, what if it was, what if it would be cool if you would have been able to find, like, in the spine, like, if it was an Easter egg and you weren't, mm. what's his name? Herod, 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 Hippocrates. Hippocrates. Yeah. <laughs> if you were to go to his library and you were to find that spine mm. um, of the book in his library. That'd be a cool. That'd Easter be really egg. cool. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, really be something cool. kind of cool. And if he was like the narrator, you know, that'd be something that I would be. Like, I'd be way more being like, oh, this keeper of tales, you know, keeper. Of I knowledge. feel like I feel like if his name had been on the book, there'd be nothing to debate. Right. Yeah, right. it would have been better, right? Because he's the storyteller. Um, my whole reading on that whole scene, anyway, was just that we're hundreds of years later. Everything did happen, and these kids are now like looking up to those people from history as heroes of the past. Hmm. That that was my reading on it. Like the legend will yeah, live on. The legend the lives on yeah. kind of thing, right? And like, okay, so maybe some of it has been exaggerated or whatever, but that it really did happen in this world. It all actually happened. Um I suppose then I just wanna ask I, I will we're, we're gonna finish this on on asking what's your favorite Final Fantasy? Because I'm really curious because I don't know what yours is, Craig. Um, but I, I just before we do any kind of final thoughts that you'd like to say on Final Fantasy 16 as a game, 
uh, as we bring the spoiler cast to a close. And this was super fun, by the way. And for yeah, anyone listening, blast. thank you for checking in and make sure to share your own thoughts. But um, final thoughts or closing thoughts on Five Hundred Sixteen. If you have anything to say that you haven't yet got to. Um, I wanted to be curious because I know we keep we've been especially in part one we were kind of kicking around ideas of DLC and how they're they've said there won't be DLC and maybe there will maybe they won't and we kind of had some ideas of what would be cool DLC would it be because I'm never I never really care for it. we joked around like Final Fantasy ten two if they made a second part would you I mean would you think it'd be more DLC or like a Final Fantasy sixteen two oh uh, th- that's a good question I think I would prefer DLC personally in in like blocks and chunks instead of maybe yeah, just like a 40 yeah, instead hour of, instead of yeah instead of one full uh sequel only because i think you i think you get the story better that way and and personally i don't think the sequels have been great you know what i mean like i, I didn't like 10 too i mean it paled in comparison to 10 and then right. like the 13 trilogy it didn't really work for me either like i always feel like the final fantasy games work best when they tell a very complete story and then when they try to do a sequel to it, it's like, well, we kind of finished the story. So where do we go from here? And then it always feels like a lesser experience. Like if you, when you play 10-2, there's no sin. There's no real threat to the world. It, it feels way smaller. That game actually feels like a DLC. Right. And so, so to me, a DLC would work better for expanding this world. But that's just my take. No, yeah, I, I think you're you're on the ball because they do end it like because there's no magic there's no dominance there's no ultimate or there's no crystals there's, there's nothing afterwards so if you told a 16-2 where it was a sequel then what you end up having is you just have like I don't know the kingdom come deliverance like you just have a, a medieval game but what, if, but what if it's a prequel if it's a prequel then it runs into the problem uh, of I think it would run into the problem of well, you know, not the big the big things aren't being resolved because you. But, because uh, you... but, but, but if we were to take those DLCs we talked about, like turning Leviathan, and, oh, and D- things DLC, like that, and... DLC is fine. So, right, right, I, no, I... but 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 how long? But if we want if we want a DLC on on Leviathan, do you want it to be eight hours or do you want a twenty five hour game? And at that point, would you make it a number two prequel or keep it in chunks of DLC? This is just kind of where I get. I get, I get weird. Yeah. Not, do I have to buy three different things of DLC, or if there's enough content, why not just make it a standalone? I hear what you're game? saying, and like, does it become like a, or even like, maybe it's not a 16-2, but is it like a Miles Morales, where it's yeah. like it's not a full length game, but it's kind of a game. Like, right? They sell for forty bucks. It's it's thirty hours. Yeah, it's a little bit shorter and it's a little bit cheaper, but it's not DLC, but it's not a sequel, but it's not a. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't maybe... know. I just, I but the more we've been thinking about it or talking about it, I've been kind of because you guys when we've been talking about DLC, I'm like. Where would I land on that? Like, do I want a game yeah. or do I want to spend? Because sometimes DLC is ridiculous. Sometimes it's 30 bucks for eight hours. And it's like, well, at that point, why can't I spend 60 for 30 hours? Yeah, hmm. I know. I, I totally get you. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I still, yeah, I think I fall on, even if they were to do that and make like a, a Lost Legacy or a Miles Morales sized game. I would still hope that they don't call it 16-2. Like that, right, right, right. That I mean, Final... That's placeholder. That's placeholder. Right. That, but that it's Final <laughs> Fantasy 16 subtitle because it's a prequel. And it's Ooh, not Final Fantasy 16 Lost Leviathan. Yeah, great like yes. perfect. Oh. That's perfect. And it already has a hook now because everyone who played it was wondering what happened to that other dominant. 
Yeah, because I was, you know? it was blowing my mind. I'm like, wait, where happened to water? And then you get to that temple and you're like, oh, lost. He's the one's missing. I'm like, you've got to tell a story yeah. about that. Because you, you didn't purposely not write it in the lore for yeah, me yeah, not yeah. to ask a question about that. Yeah, like when that came up, I even went to Hippocrates to see, would he tell me about Leviathan? And he doesn't. I want to know. And I feel like that is, they said that there's no DLC planned. I don't buy it. Bullshit. I think they said that because people really weren't happy. Like when 15 first came out, and it felt like such an unfinished experience. And they were like, we've got loads of DLC coming. People felt like that was a real, like, just trying to take money off people. Like, it's like, why didn't you just put it in the game? Like, it's already an yeah. unfinished game. There's so much content missing from this. And, like, you, you planned specifically to hold back for DLC. So yeah, I think that's... This is, yeah, this is so big and complete. Yeah. And by saying, oh, no, we've no DLC planned, going in, people knew they were getting a full package then. But now they could turn around because it's been successful and say, okay. We've got some DLC planned. And I think it would do well. I think like people would jump on that. Oh, for I, sure. I'd buy it. I, I don't buy DLC. I would buy 16 DLC. There you go. That's that. Well, there you I'd, go. I think if they did it as a DLC, the best thing would do would treat it like an expansion like Hearts, uh, Heart of Stone or Blood and Wine from The Witcher Tree. Because like, sometimes they can be quite expensive. And like you said, you're getting fucking nothing out of the DLC. Right. So if they were just to do it as DLC and not like a Miles Morales game, then at least make it like an, a proper expansion yeah 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 for yeah. sure right get working on it guys get that expansion out there any other final Lost of Island. any other final thoughts on final fantasy 16 uh um, that was mine that, that was a very good one uh, uh da, 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 not really i think i've made most points yeah to make yeah I, i'm really happy yeah. with like the conversation that we've had um i some my mind has been changed on some things i've been thinking <laughs> about other things that i didn't think about before so eyes have been interesting opened. eyes have been opened um but like i, I enjoy look I, I enjoyed this game i enjoyed the story i and um game of the year not for me personally not for me personally my my game of the year so far is actually resident evil 4 remake oh nice but i'm curious to see now how like starfield and spider-man 2 and all go so we'll see we'll see where it goes but... mortal kombat 1 still coming yeah, oh my dude. god like insane insane yeah um but just to finish this off for the fun why not we're all here i want to know your favorite final fantasy game and maybe it is 16 i don't know maybe that's how much you guys loved it i don't know but what is your favorite final fantasy game to date so far, you asking? <laughs> both of you, everyone, yeah. everyone. All but, right, uh, one, two, three, we'll go at gonna, the same time. <laughs> I, I, I'll go to you first. I'll go to you first, Craig. Um, mine as a so Final Fantasy seven, and I hate to sound generic or cliche. It was so my it's first. The, it's it's the right answer. <laughs> my first, yeah, my first introduction into real RPGs, and so catch me on the right day because it, it switches between my favorite game, Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars, got me into RPGs. Nice. Final Fantasy VII is where I went with that take. So right. I went from going to a, a nice foundation, a nice building block of learning how to do time, uh, not time hits essentially, but like turn-based combat, um, getting party members, leveling up, using potions. And then I go to Final Fantasy VII in 97 and it just blew my mind. And uh, it's funny because my brother's favorite game is Final Fantasy VIII or his, wow, his favorite cool. Final Fantasy. So like I got a, he watched me play seven. I watched him play eight. And for me, it just cemented it. I'd argue, I love 7 Remake, but it, I, I would hate to piggyback off of 7 because you can't have Remake without 7. Yeah, if, I had to say, if I had to say a close second, 
it'd either be probably ff6 or ff12 cool okay, okay. um and actually fun fact when you mentioned final fantasy 8 there and we've been talking about 16 ben Starr, the voice actor of clive rossfield his favorite final fantasy is final fantasy 8 nothing like, wrong oh, with that man i i yeah, yeah, for what sure. I, what i don't get to is like if you're if you like games i hate when people like go oh that one sucks this one sucks not that i hate oh, no, that yeah. person i no, hate the course. argument because i'm like dude they're all awesome and one yeah, of the yeah. interesting things that i was so i forget who said it they're like generally speaking it's however old you are because there's a difference between if you're 35 versus 30 like andrew's closer to 30 he likes ff10 a lot and ff9 makes sense. right so it's, it's one of the first ones you played versus mm. backtracking so for me the first one i played was seven and you can never have your mind blown like that again. So if the first one you played was nine and ten, that's mind blowing. So yeah. when you go back to the older ones, you know, mine's pre-blown. They're still great, but it'll never be that first taste of awesomeness. So I think that has a lot to do with it. But for me, it was seven. And I just don't know how anyone, even if you even if it's not your favorite, I don't know how you don't love it. Yeah, yeah. Nostalgia for sure plays a huge part in what your favorite Final Fantasy game is. But you are right. The games are all so unique that if anyone has a favorite, you can't tell them they're wrong or anything. Like, right. there's a reason they connect with that game, and it's a unique world and it's unique characters. Eric, your favorite Final Fantasy game? Uh, my favorite one would actually have to be uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Nice. I, hey. Again, I, yeah. I would put that in the same list, but for me, they're one and the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 when you say it, it's like, I, I totally get it. Um, just for me... I think I completed remake before I completed seven. Now I knew the oh, yeah, story you went of the back original. To play seven again, I yeah. went back to play seven, so I I knew the story of seven. I knew most of it. I knew most of the story beats because we watched Adam, the oldest one of us, play the game, so we saw all the big story beats. But I think I played Fancy ten more because again, like you were saying, it's it's an age thing. So I think I was able to get in ten more based on the fact it was PS two. And the first time they're talking in 10, you're like, whoa, they can yeah, talk. <laughs> they can talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. And it was turn-based, so it was a lot easier. <laughs> I love it. I love um, it so much. But with re like I've put so many hours into a remake, and I just love that gameplay, the graphics. They got the voice acting so right. The mute like I cried when I saw Eric's house of just joy. Yeah, it's because it, it looks so good. It brought me back to when I saw Adam playing the original and going to Eric's house. Yeah. So it yeah. brought me so even though I like I didn't play it, it still brought me back. So I've just I put remake based on its more advanced, I suppose, because I'm young. Yeah, no, cool. <laughs> um look at it's no secret anyone who's ever listened to uh, our podcast before, Final Fantasy Seven is my favorite Final Fantasy. It's also my favorite game of all time. Um I I, I won't bore you with the reasons why. Like it's <laughs> it's just the most incredible game I've ever played. And I I don't think and it is that thing of like the first one you experience and ex i don't think i think you said it best craig you can't have your mind reblown like that right well, and final fantasy 7 <laughs> blew my mind at like every turn there's just the so moment many... he, the moment he hopped off the train it's i was like fucking <laughs> amazing and it, and the moment you leave midgar and you realize yeah. that's not the game and the moment yeah. you find a snake impaled on the tree, and the moment, like, there's so many. It just keeps going. It's just such an incredible journey. But that's just our favorite Final Fantasies. We'd love to hear yours, guys. And we'd love to hear all your thoughts on Final Fantasy 16. Maybe this was your first Final Fantasy, and maybe this was the one that blew your mind. 
we'd love to hear all about it. So if you guys have been watching this on YouTube, please jump down into the comments to share your thoughts on Final Fantasy 16, on Ultima, on what his goal was. Explain to us, because we clearly don't fucking get it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, what was this really about? And what did you make of the ending? What did it really mean? We'd love to hear from you guys. If you enjoyed this discussion, please give us a thumbs up, hit subscribe, ring the notification bell for all future content. And to those of you who are listening to us on audio platforms, make sure you touch base on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, X, what are we calling it? So Craig, Great. where can people find you? Uh, you guys can find me personally at Craig Perales on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter X at Last Call Productions. And if you're looking to follow any of our YouTube content, that is at Last Call Gaming. And you can follow us at The Brothers Take. And make sure to check out our link trees too for both podcasts. They're down in the description. Make sure you're subscribed to both. Follow both weekly podcasts amazing podcast greg i want to thank you so much not just for coming on and doing this with us but also you were you got in touch with us first in the first place anyway you're one of the first people to ever contact our podcast and to follow us we followed you back and i love watching your content i love that you guys watch our content um the support from you has been fucking amazing so thank you so much and i've really my pleasure, enjoyed man. my pleasure i'm so glad we got to do this guys uh because again i'll send i'll send you twitter pictures i'm like dude i'm halfway i'm going through your episodes like yeah yeah, I, yeah for sure well I, and i forget not to get off topic before we close but like when i found you guys and uh, you know i think if it was on facebook or something and i i watched a couple episodes i'm like dude i love these guys like i love everything they're saying they're, they talk just the way i like about games so i'm mm. glad we eventually hooked up i'm glad it was um a mutual friendship that we were able to nurture out of this For and sure. i would i can't wait to do more of these and have you guys on our channel as well definitely Perfect. definitely Perfect. yeah we, we got to do more so thank you thank you so much for doing this guys that's all for the ff16 spoiler cast but keep an eye out for more collabs and more content in the future Bye 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 bye